In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 298. Boom, we're back. Dave Molyneux, back in the cave. It's been a while, dude. Me and you can do a preamble for an hour before we press record, and then we'll forget to do the topic that we were planning to do. So I figured let's cut through the bullshit. Let's get right into the topic this week. For those who had listened to our last uh, speakeasy, um, we had planned to do a take it or leave it segment. And I I think we can go back and forth with this. One week you do it, one week I do it, and we give ourselves whatever it may be, whether it's uh, albums whether it's comic series, writers, artists, pick one or the other. You got to take one, leave the other. Tough decisions. And um, just give a reason why, and we'll see where the tangents lead us. So are okay, you, I like it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, mine will be mainly comics, because some of it's going to be off the top of my head as I look around my room and check my shelf and think about things to, uh, to compare and make you choose. Um, so let's start with something that came out at the same time, is often compared. I've seen people write blogs about it, but I want to hear from you because I know you've read both of these series from opposing companies. Kurt Busiek, George Perez, Avengers, mm-hmm. or Grant Morrison, JLA. Which one do you take? Which one do you leave? Oh my God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> This is good. Wow. Way to start. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I actually don't think either are as good as most people say they are. I thought you would say um, that. I thought you would say that. <laughs> um, I think there are some nice elements in, I mean, the thing is, even if we go from the, the, the Buse, I, I always call him Buziak, I can't help it. Um, the whole run of his up from, from Avengers 1 to 55 even if you include Avengers Forever. If you include Avengers Forever, I'd go that route. But so far, actually, no, do you know what? Yeah, I'd choose Avengers because even though there are some bits in it that are a bit cack, like triathlon is... (laughs) I like that word, cack. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, I mean, I know there's another word you like, which is bollocks, but triathlon is bollocks. He literally, (laughs) he can do things three times better than the average man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, like he can vomit three times harder. What? Well, it's just so crap. They really take what that. What is that? He's they, three times stronger? What are they called, the group that he's a part of? They're like a Scientology spinoff. Really? Yeah, that's what he does. Was that Agents of Atlas when he joined the Agents of Atlas? No, that was. Or was uh, it something else? Uh, it was like the. That story goes really oh, deep. What you mean the triune understanding? That's it. That's it. Thank yeah. you. You big yeah, yeah. nerd. And that memory. <laughs> <laughs> the triune of understanding. That's the thing. Yes. That's building up from like issue eight and then it's revealed in issue fifty. That's a big old build up. You don't get that so much these days. Yeah. These days. One like in my day. Yeah, no, really. It's it's really rare. Yeah. I had uh, But it's still a bit disappointing even as a reveal though, let's be fair. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best part. I was just what I was happy about was that he came back to it. 
is that he made it something. Yeah. There was and a payoff. There was a payoff, and it was and it was the stakes were high. Well, the good thing about it was actually that payoff was one of about three payoffs in the same storyline. Yes, that's true. Which was the Kang Dynasty. I like that series. I like that. St- yeah, I like that storyline. It was a good ending to that run. Yeah. Um, but there are some shaky bits in it. I and mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be in a sixty issue. I think it was 56, 60 issues that he was on. Fifty five, fifty six, something, like, something that. like that. Something like that. Yeah. But um, and then it's strange to think what follows him is Jeff Johns. Yeah. It's weird, right? And then, but Brian even Michael then, like Bendis. Jeff Johns' run isn't. I mean, it's okay. I liked it. Yeah. I, I, it's okay. I, I mean, it's strange to think of Jeff Johns writing Marvel. And I think for that, it's, it's something, it's, it's something to have just for that. Well, he wrote some weird stuff while he was at Marvel. Cause he wrote Morlocks as well. I think a Morlocks miniseries. The um, and I think off the top of my head, I think he did a vision miniseries as yeah. well. Yeah. I can't remember if there's any more than that without checking. But like, yeah, yeah I think I'm pretty sure he wrote the Morlocks miniseries, which yeah. is just so random. It is. He and and just to and see, it was okay. <laughs> but I mean, you start to see his his potential in the Avengers stuff. Like he does some nice stuff with Olivier Coipel. The it's, it's yeah, it's good. It's it's a nice little set to have. It was kind of hard to find after a while if you didn't buy it right away. So I was happy to get those two, volume one and two of the Jeff John stuff. But yeah, the Avengers and uh, Busick Avengers and I guess it's called Avengers Assemble, his run. Yeah. JLA by Grant Morrison. Um, I know people ha- hold both in such high regard. They do. I'm halfway through, uh, to be fair, Grant Morrison's run. Um, I'm on like book three of five or whatever it might be. And it's taken a dip. Um, but nothing's really blown me away so far. Yeah, I think I think it... But you are a big Grant Morrison fan, so it wouldn't even be fair for me to say, like, oh, people who really like Grant Morrison, because I know you do. You've read quite a bit of his stuff. And with fair yeah. assessment, I think. You're not like... Um, what What's the word? like? A bellend. What does that mean? It's an insult. Oh, I guess like uh, you—you've read it all, but you're not one of those people who swears by it. No. In hip hop, they call it a stand, like the Eminem song "Stand," where someone's such a fan that they're obsessed. Oh, I see. That they like, they're sick about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that I understand why a lot of people don't like Grant Morrison. Yeah. Um. So I think you do have to pick and choose who you recommend stuff to. The saying that though I don't it doesn't feel very Grant Morrison y. I mean there are elements of it that are where he's thought through he's really thought through the science of some of it. Whereas some people didn't necessarily they would just go with the fantastical silliness of it, which is cool. But he's he's thought a lot more about how some people's powers would work in reality to give to give it new angles. And that's cool, but still, story-wise, I'm I'm not going. That was awesome. That was a great moment. Nothing stands out to me right now, and I'm thirty issues in. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it ends well. It ends on a high note, which is always a good thing. But there's more things that I'd want to revisit and spend time with in the Avengers one for myself. So same same answer. Okay, 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 okay. How about take it or leave it? Mark Wade, Captain America. Hmm. Trying to think of something in that time. Or Mark Wade, Fantastic Four. I'd take Captain America. Yeah, why? I like the first two story arcs. Mm-hmm. They're a big change from what Mark Greenwald was doing just yeah. before. Yeah. And even though he has that break and he comes back and it's not quite got the same magic, Ron Garney's art is perfect for it. It feels almost like Batman the Animated Series mm. style artwork. Um, and then Andy Kubert takes over and it works. And it is cool because I didn't like his artwork before. Um, on X-Men, it was scrappy and posy and everyone looked like they're from Minecraft. <laughs> um, they, they look at them, though. They've all got these really square faces. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There is like, a everyone's got a square face. Time. And they cut to like the, the X-Mansion. And they go like, oh, Nick Fury's gone to the X-Mansion to let them know what's happening on Genosha. And all the X-Men are just kind of going... Just kind of posing with square faces. And you're like, what are they standing around like that for? It's weird. So yeah, but by the time he's on Captain America and he'd done Kazar around that time as well, I think. Yeah, he'd done Kazar just before. Um his his art just improved. And it's just it's cool. I don't even though I love Mike Waringo, I don't remember that Fantastic Four runners clearly. It just didn't stay with me as much. I've got the the omnibus, but I need to reread it. But in terms of something that's stuck in my memory, Captain America stuck in my memory. Yeah, same uh, same for me as well. I, I regret not getting that in the Omni, but it, the printing of it so do was, I was not very good. The spine was uh, coming apart on a oh, lot. Oh really? Of, yeah, I didn't hear the best things about that. So oh, the cap one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. Oh, I had seen it one time in like brand new packaging. When I had like kind of looked at it, you could see that it was very feebly made, unfortunately. Damn it! But you know, the well, maybe they'll re-release it. That for yeah. that one there, I would probably give up a few omnibus on my shelf to make room for that one. That's one that yeah. I that I I I hold dear. Yeah, I like that one. Can you one second? Okay. Take it or leave it. Let me think here. Let me think here. You're a big Daredevil fan. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> Frank Miller, Daredevil. Or Brian Michael Bendis, Daredevil. You know, the right answer is Frank Miller, but I'd prefer Bendis. Why, why, do, you think, why do you think that's the Frank Miller's the right answer? I think that's well, in inverted commas right answer. It's like one of those things where I think it's reached a, a legendary level, um, and it's considered the go-to because like everything that follows after it is apparently influenced by Frank Miller. So how could you choose? How could you possibly choose? That's the original. Well, it's not the original because it actually started at 158, 
So there was plenty of stuff before it, mate. You know, yeah. but um, but a lot of people always go, yeah, but that has to be the best because it was first. But that's not how things work. That's like saying the prototype is always the best. Right. That's true. You don't put the prototype out. That's true. Um, so it's just a matter of opinion. And I think like, I think so much is learned from that run um, that it's possible to take what you've learned and make something better. And like, there are so many shocks and twists and great character moments and jaw-dropping moments in the Bendis run like that are really really jaw-dropping it's like I think like one of my favorite moments from the Miller run of all of them isn't like the death of Electra or anything like that it's the bit when Bullseye escapes prison I love that scene like he's just being interviewed and he uses the stuff where they set up the studio in the prison he uses that situation to escape. Yeah. And it's vicious and it's genius and I love it. But that for me is probably my highlight. But I can think of slightly, you know, there are some great moments in that run and I'm not taking anything away from it. Weirdly, the, again, some of the stuff that sits in my head is like when Electra puts the side through Ben Urich and it's those moments because it's some great, oh no, wait. Yeah, no, that was that, that part. I had a little moment where I went, was that born again? Of course it wasn't. Electra wasn't in Born Again. I think I prefer Born Again to his original run. I think most people, most people do. Yeah. I just think Born Again is, for most people, just the the epitome of comic book excellence. Mm. For most people. Yeah. For most people. I've seen people go like, oh, it was just too dark and it's not how it should be. Too much. It went too far. They're like, no, it didn't. It's great. Yeah. But, Again, that's another story that I think people like Bendis and Brubaker learn from to make. Because it's, it's not like they've gone, oh, we're just going to pay tribute. Because Bendis did his tribute story first, which was that three-parter with the son of Frogman or Leapfrog or whoever it was. And it wasn't great. And then he got to his own run. And he went like, how can we take this history? And this is where Marvel was so good for so long. How do we take all this history we've got and bring it to the next logical step and grow these characters. And then he grew the Kingpin story and he grew Matt's story. And it's, there's so much in it. And he dips into parts of his past. You didn't know were there. It's so good that I would, <laughs> I think if someone went, you go on, you go on a holiday for a year, you can only take Bendis run or the Miller run. I haven't read the Miller run in a lot longer. But I'd take the Bendis run. That's fair. I think a lot of people would. I've never heard anybody mm. say an ill thing about the Bendis Daredevil run. They always say like that's him at his uh, peak. Like that's must read comics. And a lot of people are kind of about the Brubaker one that follows. Like it's, it's equally as good. That's what I've heard. I haven't read mm. it all yet. Oh, dude! It's I'm so gonna. Good. I'm gonna still have to read. Maybe two thirds of the Bendis run for the first time. How jealous are you? I'm really jealous. <laughs> That's so funny. Have you got it all? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have it in the trades. It's did, a, did you buy Shadowland? No, I won't. Yeah, good. No, I won't. I won't buy that. Um, I've never ever heard a good thing about it, except for maybe yeah, the Moon Knight. Part of it is interesting, maybe. That's what I've heard. Oh, God, no, the Moon Knight part is the worst. Oh, okay. 
It's so bad. Okay. It's so bad. I'm surprised they print that in an omnibus and that people buy it. I've never heard of thing. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Sucker for punishment. But I had to have it. The thing is, initially, the Diggle Run is okay, but it's when they tried to turn it into an event, it went wrong. I see. I got you. Okay. (laughs) What was... We're going to flip it. Make it be a painful one. (laughs) Jonathan Hickman. Like a prison threat. Jonathan Hickman. (laughs) Avengers or Scott Snyder Justice League? Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Why do you hate me? Because you hate Back to the Future. So this is going to put you through the. This is going to be your flogging. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I'm still right. Um, okay. I would rather sit through. (laughs) I could be really graphic and horrific (laughs) right now. Is what I'd rather sit through. Um, I would rather sit through because I'm going to have to reread the Hickman run to cover it. Ooh! In terms of all the all the events on it, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but I could deal with it. I'm, I'm reading the Snyder run. I'm. It's a fight. It's a real fight. And once I read it, I never want to see it again. And there's a lot of nice artwork in it. Yeah, beautiful artwork. Jimenez, Jorge Jimenez. I love his stuff. And then you got the uh, Jim Chung stuff that <sighs> makes it like it's it's a well drawn book. And yeah. I was on. I was in it. Like I was in for the ride. I was like, I'm. I'm enjoying this. It's cosmic. It's. It's out there. It's gonna be big in scope. Um, and then I got to the end. I'm like, I gotta read, dark metal, death metal, whatever the hell you want. Like, which one was dark, it? Dark Knight's death metal was it? Some, yeah. Some stupid. And I'm just like, you made them lose, in their main book. The end is them losing so that I could read your stupid book. The first one wasn't even good for me. No, the first one was... No, I didn't like it either. It's just like, how... Ah, uh, You tried to pull off a concept that another guy admittedly says he didn't quite get it right. And you're trying to do your version of it. Jonathan Hickman has said, okay. like, with the main event... I think he was more tuned in on um, New Avengers... Like that story okay. in his run was more interesting than, it was, yeah. than the regular Avengers title. That one regular was, Avengers title was terrible. It was, yeah. No fun. The the people he created, that little planet, what were, I don't even remember their names. It was just, I didn't understand it. The gold horn yeah, guy. The, yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird because it's all part of a tapestry. That starting from Fantastic Four, so I feel like it's well, Secret War, uh, Secret Warriors. Even I've never read that. Secret Warriors really introduces it, right? Um, Fantastic Four carries it on, and then it brings some of those elements from both those titles into Avengers. Makes sense, and Shield as well. 
there were two shield miniseries. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like one big era. Yeah. That, and I like a lot of. Uh, I mean, I I remember enjoying reading even out of time for some reason. The Avengers out of time, hard like just what was leading up to Secret Wars. Oh. Yeah, I kind of. I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it in that even though they were kind of villainizing Tony Stark again, it felt like it was going... It, we, were, we were being given the ending to this universe. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. Okay, this is the way it ends. This is the way it ends. Right. And then they didn't. Yeah, yeah. And now you pick up a book and you go, Does any, how much of that happened or counted or... And that's where it's messy. And the thing is, like, the responsibility of Marvel at this at that point in time when the Avengers films were coming out and people would see those films, and this is where I, I agree with them on some things and I don't on others. So they were trying to make, like, when they switched back to Steve Rogers being Captain America because they didn't want it to be Bucky for when people watch Captain America, thinking, like, come on, people are going to get that his story is ongoing. You can keep Bucky as cat. It's cool. He works. You know, you don't have to do this. Um, I know that they were going to do it anyway, but that's not the point. But with Avengers, you need to make Avengers an accessible book at this point in time because potentially you could bring a lot of comic readers in. You know, people have seen the Avengers films and they want to read an Avengers comic. And they're going to go and pick up this Hickman shit and they're going to go, I don't understand and I feel stupid now. And they'll never pick up another goddamn comic again. Yeah. That's what pissed me off about that run. It was it was lousy timing and it was arrogance. I hear what you're and saying. I obviously feel very strongly about it. No, but that's why I thought it was a good take it or leave it because I look at it sometimes and I'm like, how much how much do I like it that I want to keep all of it on my shelf? Okay, speaking of things then to keep on my shelf with that in mind, during that same era... I th- I'm pretty sure you still were on to read these these books to compare them. Um, Avengers from Hickman. I'm going to stick with that one, knowing how much you love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just stirring now. Yeah, I'm just stirring the pot now. But this is a real question. Uh, all new X-Men from Bendis. Avengers from Hickman or all new X-Men, because he was doing Uncanny as well, wasn't he? So like he Bendis, was. Hickman was doing new Avengers and Avengers. That's right. And Bendis had two books as well, I think. Um, I think that was all. I weirdly, I is it weird? I'd probably not. No, I know that it's one of the things Bendis actually said as well. He said, so he gave some advice to, it may have been Jeff Lemire, when he picked up X-Men and said, they'll hate you while you're on it. And they'll love you when you leave. Hmm. So, like when when people are writing, it wasn't as good as the last thing. Right. You know, it wasn't as good as who was on it previously. Who was on it before Bendis? Before Bendis, because there's so many relaunches, I can't actually remember. I can't actually remember because um, Bendis... it, oh, it was Brubaker, Fraction, okay, Gillen, kind of okay. Was it that the War of the Realms crossing Deadly Genesis and um, Shadow so like, Empire? Brubaker jumps on with Deadly Genesis the mini, and then he then he picked up uh, Uncanny. Okay. 
And while he was writing Uncanny, Fraction jumped on and joined him. So that was um, Destination era, Post House of M, up to... God, well, I don't know. Um, after Dark Rain, somewhere. Was it any good? The Fraction, the, the Brewmaker stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a hell of a lot better than what was happening before, because what was happening before was Milligan on X-Men and was that when Claremont had come back again like a third time there was some bad stuff going on Hmm. and then Brubaker and Fraction came on and it was good it was really good it was really good stuff Uncanny was the book to read whereas before it had been Astonishing X-Men was the book to read that was like the main book from Joss Whedon but it was always late so like 24 issues came out over about four decades (laughs) 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 um so yeah, and then it kind of, I don't know if it sort of, yeah, they had the Utopia era when they were on the island off San Francisco, and that was that was good fun, and then they had ABX, and ABX was like the tipping point, and I think that's when they had, is that when Bendis switched to X-Men? I think so. Anyway, they did the time travel thing, right, with the five original X-Men joining yeah. in, and you're kind of going, how long are they going to be in the series? Well, probably like six issues, we're hitting 12 issues, they're still in, they're still in the series? And like, what? So I think that carried on even after he left. Yeah. They were around in the present day for quite a long time. Yeah, I think that Cyclops joins the champions. Yes. And he was a space pirate for for a while with his dad. Yes. So... Which is weird. I don't know how that all ended because I dropped it all by then. But to answer your question... Yeah. (laughs) The thing is, I still thought those books were really fun. You had Stuart Eminent. Yeah doing a lot of the artwork and I can't say no to Stuart Eminent um, but Charlo I think was doing yeah. Uncanny yeah um, and it was the post uh, Avengers vs. X-Men dynamic so the Uncanny book was excuse me <coughs> um, Cyclops um, with his X across his face which was a bit of a weird costume design a little bit um, but it worked, I think. So like Emma Frost was all in black and it was all them kind of trying to get there, what they thought the X-Men should be, while on the other side, it was a bit more traditional. Yeah. There was some fun stuff in there. I, didn't I don't know why read, people were so down on it. I didn't read um, as much of the uncanny stuff. I read all of the Stuart Eminem and like the, what, what was the title of it? All New Avengers? All New X-Men. Oh, sorry. All New X-Men. That's right. We're talking about X-Men now. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun when I read it. I haven't reread it, but I did enjoy the ride and I liked the characters from the past seeing what they become and that being the way to kind of fix things. Like, look at what you become. Like, but Beast made a mess. So he thought he was solving something and it just, with the drama of it, I'm like, this is a great drama. Soap opera mm-hmm. nonsense, you know, and I can, and then of course it gets the timey whiny X Men sort of thing that they do with the uh, Battle of the Atom. But that's right, it was crossover into the air and stuff. Yeah, I, it was fun. I don't think it was a great crossover. Not the best, but it didn't detract from the well. series. No, it wasn't something it was... enough to make you be like, "I'm dropping this." It was a story. It was a crossover. I'm looking forward to them collecting it. Like I've got the, I sold the. Aaron, Wolverine, and X-Men run, Omnibus. And then I recently picked it up again. <laughs> thinking like, no, I actually quite liked it. Nick Bradshaw art, the, the kid health, the kid run Hellfire Club. 
Yeah, how was that early. series? I liked, I liked, I think I liked it. I can't, I can't quite remember, because that was about the time when I was just going, oh, some of this stuff just feels like it's had its day. Um, but I think there were some good elements in it, and, and that was probably more the fun area of, of Marvel at the time, which is weird, because X-Men was always the dour corner, whereas at that point, Hickman's Avengers was the dour corner of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And yeah. X-Men was quite fun. It was. It was, um, what's funny, like, saying all of these things is just making me realize a lot of, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of the MCU, I'm tying this in in a weird way, previously, from the first big, huge infinity phase, there's a lot of things that are taken from the classics. Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Wars, uh, Civil War, Winter Soldier. Like, you're getting the yeah. hits yeah. from the whole universe. Universe. Whereas now, I feel like what they're doing is the equivalent of all new, all different Marvel post-Secret Wars. That's what the Marvel today feels like in the MCU. There's still good stuff. There's still... Right. I'm not shitting on the whole line. There's still some quality stuff, but it feels like that's what they're trying to do with this okay. with this next series. And some of it's good and some of it's like we don't need it. We don't need the Eternals. Nobody needs that. No, I don't I don't see the appeal. I mean the thing is I still I still haven't read Jack Kirby's Eternals. Um I think I've read like a little chunk of the eighties Eternals series and that's and, and the Neil Gaiman series which was like wasn't that interesting frankly. Um from like the early 2000s right. during Civil War. Uh, I think he's massively overrated. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that. I think like in terms of, in terms of the question of those two things, I think it was actually for the X-Men, that was quite a nice ending for me. Which, for, for Marvel to, to to finish on Bendis on the Bendis X Men run, yeah, because I, I quite liked it. Would I recommend it? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, take it or leave I, it, Dave. Which one do you take or leave? I'd take all new X. I take Bendis over Hickman. Oh, ooh, is that con- controversial? That's the point of it. <laughs> I'm actually. Lo- I I ask you some of these questions because sometimes I I have to make decisions with my collection and my shelves, and there's things that get to that fence where it's like, okay, I got all this other stuff that I know I like. Where does it drop you down the list? Do I mm-hmm. own you digitally? Are you coming out in an omnibus? I want. Uh, are you just not as good as I remember? So I haven't read both of those titles and they take up a lot of space on the shelf. Yeah. And you wonder how much do I love this? Well, I think it's one of those things as well where, you know, we've said this before, like if something comes out in trades, you kind of go, yeah. And then it comes out in an omnibus and you go, I'm having it. Yeah. <laughs> and like with, I think I was thinking about the other day. So that's what I meant about the Wolverine, the X-Men reference. Basically it was like, I've got that series. Yeah. But I want the Bendis run in omnibus format and then I'll I'll read them all again together right right because there is there is a there is a experience of that we talk about that all the time where the way that you read some of these books are better experienced in certain formats Mm -hmm. 
and it will affect like if you read it digitally, you might like it better than if you were to read it in a, in a floppy copy. <laughs> Only because it'll make you expand on the art, it'll help you to follow the panels, and maybe the way that it's done in the page format, it's a little confusing. All those different things. Like I remember saying that to um, Ramon Perez, because I don't have a copy of Tales of Sand. It's probably a beautiful book to own. I know it's a beautiful book to own, but being able to see it on a clear, crisp screen and I could zoom in to some of his details. Yeah. But maybe that's just because it's a good book, right? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yes. really the reason I need to read that one. It's one I do want to read as well myself. Um, it's on my list. <clears throat> um, yeah, I haven't read it yet. But it's. I know the experience. I know exactly what you mean. And it's. I think it's... One of those things as well where I think a lot of modern comics are written to be collected in trade. Yeah, definitely. So if they're written to be in collected editions or with that in mind, that experience is going to be, it's going to be better. You know, and I, th- I think like reading it in one hit or, or near as damn it, it's just, it's kind of, it feels right. It keeps the flow. It's like, you, you know, a film is that's three hours long. You don't want to watch it in half hour stints over six months. <laughs> Right, right. Should we uh, cross the street and go to Mo- to DC and make you pick between those? Hmm. That's. I'm gonna turn my back on you for a second. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, this is the the tricky part. Is I know you're reading a certain portion of DC in order, but everything from New Fifty Two onward, you kept up to date with. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Right. All right. How about this one? Scott Snyder, Batman, or mm-hmm. Tom King, Batman? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <sighs> you bastard. Um, all right. Do you know what? It's, in theory, actually, it's quite easy. Tom King's Batman is like punishment. Um, Why? Why I, do you feel that I, way? Well, I kind of... I like the first story arc, apart from a few bits. And then... Like the, him riding a plane through Gotham City, like, come on. <laughs> but I ignored it. I kind of went, you know what? Okay, fine. You're fine. Right, okay. And I liked the build-up, and I liked Psycho Pirate showing up, because, you know, in reference to all the every crisis ever, and Psycho Pirate has shown up first. Um, and then I think the second storyline just made me go, this feels really immature. And then he did like the whole I am suicide thing. And it just, to me, it came across as a bit, it's like both pretentious and immature at the same time. And then there was the whole build up to the wedding. That pissed me off. Yeah. Um, it was too long a build up to, to end it the way they did. The war of joke, jokes and riddles. We'd actually established the Riddler enough in the um, New 52 era to know that he looked nothing like that. Like, he's suddenly this really muscular gang boss guy. It just, it didn't add up to me. <laughs> um, and it just gradually just started falling apart to the point where I was, I was, like, shouting at the comic while I'm reading. I'm literally out loud shouting at this fucking series. And <laughs> whereas, it's like, Snyder's is probably nowhere near as good as it should be. Um it's not bad <laughs> I know that's not like a big sell but when you think about the amount of hype that was around it the Court of Owls I thought was okay 
Death of the Family, the first time I read it, I thought it was boring and there's no real payoff. Second time I read it, I thought, oh, no, it's all right. And like, that's not great for a series that's getting that much hype. And I know, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about the Tomasi run, which is blatantly better. There's no, in my opinion or in your opinion, it is better. Yeah. Um, But I think the Snyder run does fizzle. It does fizzle out. And I'm not even that clear on the end. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy after Endgame. Yeah, me too. I didn't continue. Um, when I was collecting it, it was my favorite book to buy at the time. I just liked the production of it. I liked how much story you got in each issue. Uh, Greg Capullo's art was... I, it really grew on me the more I read Batman. I, and when I met him and I got him to sign a bunch of my zero-year issues, I told him... Maybe it was hyperbolic, but I didn't feel it at the time. I said, you guys are going to do the best run on Batman. Like, this is going to be the one. Just because of the hype of it all, right? It, it mm. just, the Court of Owls became so a part of the comic book zeitgeist. So fast. Like, you feel like it had existed for so long. What they were creating became almost like, yeah, this is the Batman. And then when I read it again... Having read it in omnibus form, I read it in trades. I've read it in single issue, and then I've read it again in omnibus, and it doesn't get better. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> but but, but year, years apart from each other, years apart. Yeah. Yeah. So I I got back into collecting, and there was a bunch of trades that had been released of the New Fifty Two, like two or two or three volumes enough to like get in. And then yeah. I caught up and I started buying the issues and single issues. So I have the first, up to death in the family, I had those three trades that I read in hardcover. And then I started buying in single issue form. So that's what I mean where I read it in different formats. But yeah. having read through to the end of, I enjoyed it. I did like it. There are parts in it that I like and I would keep it as an omnibus. But it, it's, I don't know. It's not as it's good as people. Better. It's not. It's not as good as people make it out to be. There's better. There's definitely better. Yeah. The thing is that generally tends to be the case with anything that's that seems to reach, seems to have a praise from a fan base <clears throat> at the moment. And I think it's because a lot of the time the fan base is so agreeable. Like one of the most common things I see on Facebook fan pages and things is, is people putting. They'll go like, "Hey, everyone! Like Alan Moore's um, Swamp Thing." Isn't that like it's one of the greatest comic books ever written, right? Of all time. Who's with me? And you go like, okay, well, hang on a minute. You've made a really, really bland statement, right? Because it's something that so many people have said over decades. And then you're looking for that approval, like who's with me? Well, of course, a lot of people are going to agree with you. So you're actually looking for people to just go, yeah, you're right. How clever you are. How great you are. Um, how insightful that is. What great taste you have. Mm-hmm. But actually, like it's it's nothing it's air it's shit that's been said a thousand million times right (laughs) yeah so but if you go like oh do you know what i think slapstick is one of the most underrated series ever has anyone has anyone read it right um that's a whole different scenario right because you're putting yourself out there it's a really obscure series you want to rave about it so you're going to try and get other people to read it brilliant because, like, I know what it's like to have a series that you love that, that no one else has ever read. And it's been around for – it may have been around for ages. It may be new. Um, it's hard to get people to read it because everyone's going, have you read Immortal Hulk? Have you read Immortal Hulk? It's 
isn't it just the best ever? And people are going, yeah, because they, they're not, no one wants to disagree. No one wants to be the dissenting voice. Um, whereas actually I think Immortal Hulk is average at best. I've heard people say that this is the best Hulk ever, um, that no one's ever done horror Hulk. Is that true? I felt like Peter David did some horror Hulk, but I know it wasn't the theme of his whole run. The point of the Hulk is that, I mean, the original point of the Hulk is he's kind of like a modern Frankenstein. Right. Anyway. Right. So even though obviously it's not done the same way, there has been, there was one, there was like Hulk Nightmarica or something like a really obscure miniseries that was done as a horror thing. Not to the extent this was done and not like body horror. So, but just because it's not been done before, is it good though? Like, or is it great? Or is it just because you're surprised? Or is it because the run that came before it was so shit? What did come before it? Amadeus Cho? Was that the one? Don't even know. I don't even know. I didn't hate Mark Wade's stuff on um, The Hulk. I didn't hate it. High praise. I didn't. No, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride for me. And what did he come after? Gary, Gary Duggan, I think, was afterwards with Mark Bagley. Oh, I don't really like. Jerry Duggan stuff at all. Yeah, I I enjoyed those, uh, but I but I but I like the Hulk. I find that I like a lot of these Avenger associated characters when they have. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I mean, I love the Peter David stuff. I've read the first two Omnibus. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the best that I've read of that. There's character. so much in there. I mean, the thing is, there's so much variety. Yeah, because actually, there's some elements of horror in there as well. But that's the thing. It's not just I'm going to do a horror book no. forever. 50 issues it's there's so much variety in it and it's actually like a psychological examination of no it's, him. it's definitely out of i haven't read a ton but i love planet hulk i enjoyed the world war hulk that followed the, have you read bruce jones's hulk no i never read that that was more like it was more influenced by the tv series there's ele- big elements of horror in that mm-hmm Big elements of horror. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Almost an all horror series, thinking about it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I've heard people say pretty kind things about it. But I really do like the Hulk as a character. And Peter David made me like it more. So, yeah, the Omnibus is announced, right? The Immortal Hulk Omnibus. Are you going to pick it up? No. Are you? (laughs) Maybe for a really good deal. Because I'm really excited about the Genis Vell. Yeah. We talked oh about God, that yeah. in our top five. We did. It can't, it, it's been announced. We did it. Everyone, we, we made it we, happen. It was us. We totally did it. <laughs> I, I was on the phone to Peter Gabriel and then went, oh, sorry, you're that bloke from Genesis. I didn't, I phoned the wrong person. So then I phoned up David Gabriel and I was kind of like, I was making sucking noises down the phone to try and... <laughs> You know, just win him over. Promises, promises, David. I'll, uh, I'll do anything. Oh, I've ruined man. the knees on my trousers. <laughs> just, okay. I suited up and everything. <laughs> it was Let's... a white clean suit. <laughs> okay, Dave. All right. You're making me... Okay. Let's get it back together. <laughs> um... Let's let's get out of Marvel and DC for a bit. Let's Good do move. let's do your new favorite comic book line, Valiant Comics. Exo Man of War. Yes, that one. 
or Invincible? Ooh. Because I can't decide between those. Oh, my God. Oh, you're evil today. It's okay. Is that good? That's a good one, right? So what's weird that because the thing is I haven't read enough XO yeah to really because I've only read like fourteen issues okay okay which I've really liked but great. they haven't hit the pinnacle that Invincible hit and pretty much consistently stayed at from like issue thirty five up to the end. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I really need to leave that guy alone. Um, You're a jerk. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, yes, EXO and, and Invincible. It's going to be Invincible, but I think... I don't know. There's a part of me at the same time, though, that thinks, like, if it's take it or leave it, will I read Invincible again? As much as I loved it, will I read it again? I'm, I'm reading EXO again. You I'm would read Invincible it. again. I've I done it. Will. I've done it. That's why I'm... Test- and it got, it got... I was like, oh, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. It's it's worth the ride, but I can't Invincible. wait to read EXO again. Mm. It's it moves so well. Um, you find yourself in in so many different scenarios, and for some reason you buy into them because it's all the whole thing has been ridiculous from the start. <laughs> but it feels very visceral. Like there's something about it that in in a weird way is grounded. Well, that's, that's the whole thing across their universe. I know we talked a little bit about this last time, but it's the it's the real... It, it kind of feels like if there were powers in the real world, this would be it. It wouldn't be the spangly costumes and mutants dressed in yellow. Um, it would be this nasty universe where you're kind of thinking like, do I... Like, am I backing any of these people? Is this like the best of a bad bunch? Well, it's something like Harbinger. You're kind of picking the the best of a bad bunch in a way. Just yeah. seeing how it goes, yeah, is fascinating. Because actually, I'm not sure who the good guy is. And like with with EXO, you kind of think, okay, I feel bad for this guy, man, because but you've got to admire his persistence. In a way, his whole great with great power comes great responsibility thing works better than with EXO Manowar and his determination. Um. And his will to try and save his people, then Peter Parker sitting in his bedroom having a tug feeling sorry about himself. It's like, come on, actually, I think I prefer Arika Dacia at this point. That's who I would rather aspire to be. Is that how you say it, Dacia? That's how I say it. I should have done that on one of the old uh, pronunciation questions. Yeah. I say Dacia, Erica Dacia. But, oh, it might be Dacia. But I think it might, only because of CI. But like CI, like in city or citizen, but it's a CIA. It's the CIA. The CIA, Dacia. I like that. Eric of Dacia sounds better, in my opinion. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, uh, it's a tough one for me too because um, it's two of, I feel, the most beginning to end solid, solid runs of comics. The Armor Wars, I will say for me, slows things down a little bit. It kind of gets in the way for me. But I'd have to reread it again because under the I read it on a vacation with friends. So under the circumstance, I don't know how well I was really paying attention to everything, trying to keep up with whatever's around me. But I, yeah. I did feel like 
okay, this is this is a must-have in the collection because it ties in the universe. But the stuff where it's just him in his solo book without all of the tie-in, I felt it was more fulfilling. And the Matt Kent stuff that follows, so pretty. Thomas Giarello, it's just perfection. They look like really just oh just gorgeous comics and I, I'm, I'm desperate to get even even the design of the cover like it's, it's quite simple the way they've done it with the black on yellow XO manual but it looks really cool it looks really industrial and and oh, I just like I, I had to have them I had to have them yeah no they're, they're a nice investment of, of stories to go back to but yeah those invincible compendiums I had all the hardcovers and I had to I stupidly sold them and then I just bought them again because that's I, I couldn't decide. That's sort of my um I'd have to leave I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't pick them between those. So what have you got at the moment? You say you've got the hardcovers. I used to have the you? invincible hardcovers one to ten. Was that the whole run? No, I think it goes to twelve. Something like oh. that. About that. Because they go to what, one fifty something? Around there? Yeah, something almost, yeah. 146 or something random. Something like that. It, it would be contained in 12 volumes, but two of my yeah. favorite runs of comics. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think now. We did we did a an image versus a valiant. I'm trying to think of uh, how much of Harbinger have you read? Um, 14 issues, I think. Okay. Did you ever read Secret Six by Gail Simone? No, I want to. Yeah, that's a good... I enjoyed it a lot. So I was surprised at how much I liked it. Here's one for you. Harbinger or Runaways? Yes. Harbinger. Wow, that was so quick. You re- you're really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I, I do really like Runaways. Um, it's a little more... It's a little more kind of kid friendly. Yes. yes. Not in a like, you know, deprecating way. Um, And sometimes that pace could be a little slower and, or sometimes the story could be a little more predictable, but it's, it's a nice, not quite standalone. Well, it's standalone that it doesn't really cross over a whole lot. So you can read both runs by Brian K. Vaughan, you know, the first series and the majority of the second series before he drops before he leaves um, you don't have to pick anything else up and that's great but I don't know it's, there's some nice the art on it Adrian, Adrian Alfona artwork um, I can't remember who else draws it and the introduction of uh, God I can't remember his name uh, the AI character I don't remember um, God I can't remember his name that's terrible well the comic's good yeah yeah um, <laughs> So much for that. <laughs> fired. I fire myself. Um, but the thing is, it's not as it's not as deep as Harbinger. Yeah, oh no, it's and not. I think that's what I appreciate about about that series is the depth that he's put into it, and especially having a, a little look through the original first issue of Harbinger, which is basically issues one to nine, very quickly gathering the renegades. <laughs> Boom! Issue one done, and then you compare it to how it how it played out on in the modern version. Joshua Dysart, um, and they've just rounded those characters, and you know whether they're likable or not. 
it's an interesting book. It's interesting to see where it goes. And, you know, there are so many factions against each other. And actually, it's all the secrets and promises that you, yeah. can, you, know, you can find out. Whereas, obviously, the big secret twist in Runaways is answered on Very the end of issue one. And it's, yeah. it's great. But then mostly it's just a fun road movie, kids on the run type series. Whereas Harbinger, I still want to know where this is going to go. Because um, I have no clue. I don't know. I don't know if I finished the whole series. I have all of it. I'm not sure if I ever completed that second hardcover. I should go back and reread the whole thing because it was a blast. And there's that, like you said, Imperium. Yeah, I haven't read I, that one. I didn't buy. I would see it, and I would not pull the trigger on it. And I'm regretting it now because I'm like, well, I like this. Does it tie? Is it necessary reading? And it's just like, just get it. And I don't even know if it's available now. It is. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take a look. And Harbinger Wars too. I picked up as well. Yeah, I thought Harbinger Wars was so good. Okay, 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 okay. One more? Can we do one more? One more. We'll do one more. Let's do one more. Uh, I'm trying to think now. I'm going to save some for another time. Well, I'm going to ping some of you in another time too. Okay. What should we do? Oh, man, what's a good – see, the comparison has to be right. I should have thought of a couple more. <laughs> the comparison has to be the right one. Okay, let's try this. Let's try Thunderbolts. Which which era? The original. Okay, just up to the the BCX. Stop making me say that guy's name. You know I can't say his name. <laughs> and, and then I do make you say his Fabian name a lot, don't I? I can't say his name either. Like you just you're doing this to fun. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I maybe I am. <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> well, I wanted to pick something with. Villains masquerading as heroes mm-hmm. with and then a book where heroes become the villains. So I was gonna pick oh. Thunderbolts versus Injustice. Okay. Should we go with it? Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Oh, that's actually quite hard. <laughs> yeah, got it. Damn it. Okay. Because there's a okay. lot to like in both. And there's it's a lot very can, different. Yeah, it's very different. I think the the thing with injustice is if I'm if I'm totally totally honest with myself, year one is I think I, there were parts that I wanted to like more than I did because some of it had a little. I hate saying those three letters, man, but here they come. Some of it was a little too MCU for me in terms of the, the amount of jokes. But year two, I was like, yes. Mm. Yeah. And I think year two is unmatched. That level is unmatched in Thunderbolts. It, it doesn't, nothing hits that level for me. I have to reread it. I know I really so, liked it. And I, remember- it. I, haven't, I haven't read those Thunderbolts issues since they came out. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, but I think that, <clears throat> I think we mentioned before, like, I think that the, this, Please correct me. Then the Nicieza, Nichiza, the, the please help help me, you bastard. Well, you could call David Gabriel now for help to figure out how to say the name. <laughs> 
Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I'm stuck pronouncing. T- oh, it's not. Oh, wrong number again, mate. <laughs> no, I don't know how to say that. He actually pronounced it correctly for me on the podcast. Nisieza. You name dropping. I'm the, yeah. <laughs> um. What? How did you say? Sorry, Nisieza. I don't know how to say it. Even after he told oh, me. Oh, sorry. So I just I say Busick and I say Nisieza. But it could both be wrong. Definitely. <laughs> um, either or, <laughs> the second chunk of Thunderbolts I thought was better. And even if I just took that and compared that to Injustice, it's not as good as Year Two. And even though the, like, the, the cliffhangers on that run were so good, there were some awesome cliffhangers. There's an issue just called Uh Oh. <laughs> um, and it ends, it it's funny. But it's just riddled with cliffhangers and the whole Scourge storyline I really liked. And it's probably quite cheesy now in hindsight because that version of the Scourge, and it was a mystery of like who that Scourge is. Um, and he's killing people off and you go like, oh, like, who is this Scourge? Apparently someone we know is under that mask. It was great. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't meet year two of Injustice for me. And it, like I'm hoping Injustice can maintain that for the next yeah. you know, three to five. Right. Plus, I've got um, Year Zero, whatever it was called, the little, the smaller book. Where is it? It's on here somewhere. Injustice, uh, whatever it is. I can't read it. It's too small. Anyway, there's a lot there, but I still haven't read. But from what I have, Injustice so far is winning. I got to reread it again. I'm happy. There are a few things, I guess, that I have picked that you've enjoyed, which is nice, because most of the time I suggest things to you gets a you can't finish it it's so bad it's like jesus christ <laughs> i'm so sorry no it's not i'm, a, I'm sorry i'm a judgmental for, prick i'm i can't help it that's why you're on the show give it some color <laughs> make it entertaining because i would just yeah that's a great that's an eight out of ten. Oh, that's another eight out of ten i'm an eight out of ten guy i like everything <laughs> have you tried always an invader from chip zadarsky no, it's still on my list. So, like, after after Black Widow, I think I had to accept that it's just the modern stuff isn't for me. What I've kept on there, though, was always an invader. And I'm kind of intrigued by Carnage because it's Jerry Conway. Yeah, that was good. Otherwise, I'm, I, there's nothing I plan to read of the modern era right now. Okay. Um, I've read a fair bit, in fairness. I mean, the, 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 the amount of comics I've read of the modern... Marvel era, like the post-Secret Wars era, is probably what the average person, the amount the average person would have read. Bearing in mind, obviously, I used to read everything. Right. Yeah. No, so I've no, kind of probably dialed it read just to, as much as I have of modern Marvel at this point, for sure. Yeah, probably may, may not be the same things, but yeah. And I, I haven't read any of the events apart from Infinity War. No, me neither. I think my last event, my last event would have been that I collected and read would have probably been Secret Wars. I was kind of done after that with every year. It was more the fact that like, but didn't we just have one? Like, can it looked like it was two a year. Yeah, it was more, it like, was, I kind of felt like, can I just have my book that I like untouched mm-hmm. and unaffected by your stupid event that the comic I'm reading monthly is going to ruin the ending of your event because you can't keep a schedule like enough. This isn't yeah. that interesting. Civil War Two does not. It's unnecessary. 
think that was like the second event of that year or something as well. Something like that. And then there was Empire happening. Oh, Empire. And I'm just like, Um, I don't know which one is for who or what. And then there was Generations. And I'm like... But that seems to be a crossover within a crossover. Something like that. I just was lost. I said, I don't even know what, what to read at this point in time. Just the books and titles that I like. But Always an Invader was... 12-issue miniseries or maxi-series, however you call it, from Chip Zdarsky, Butch Geis, and I forget the other gentleman's name. It was very... I like the, the the cleverness of how the artists were used to make this book work. So one does the back-in-the-day scenes and one does the modern uh, day. Oh, that's nice. It's, it is nice. Be- because it was it was consistent. Even though there was a difference, it, it was different for a purpose and it added a texture to your experience of traveling through a memory and then being up to speed i like it that's really cool yeah um actually i'm having a secret quick look carlos mag my eyesight's terrible magno magno guys yeah no it's it's a i like it i'm happy to have it on the shelf and i'm like i'm happy that you like black bolt i wasn't sure about that one but the artwork is it wasn't as good as the the second half wasn't as good as the first half I think part of that though was where it clearly there's stuff going on with the Inhumans that I didn't agree with mm. whereas that didn't really impact the first half as much so that was quite nice yeah I think I think that could be a big part of like when I complain about comics nowadays is that you become acquainted with a a few generations of a character's essence right and then when it's changes for the sake of well we got to change things around it's kind of like but we've been around with this character for so long we kind of know what they would and wouldn't do like you don't need to really change anything you don't got to kill them and reestablish them and say well timeline like when they did the one more day right we always go back to that as comic book fans and longtime spidey fans it's like i'm happy what would eventually come of the fact that they restarted that. Cause if you don't do that, you never get superior Spider-Man. You never get big time and, and you know, spider Island and things that I enjoyed reading for what they, they were. were stories. They were, yeah. but you needed to go through one more day to get to that point. So I understand, but you just still think to yourself, I also didn't mind if Peter would have been married going through all of those stories. One that really yeah. bothered me because the, the, love interests that you added or the complications of his life of band of who he was dating. It's like, that was, it's forgettable. I don't really remember it. Uh, I remember the uproar about, um, seeing the Otto Octavius mind in Peter's body, kissing Mary Jane and there being uproar about it. Cause it was a preview cover that was released. And that, it amused me so much because it's a cover. That's the whole point of the cover is to make you pick up the book. It's not necessarily how it's going to play out. Right. <laughs> Chill. Oh, man. But what a fun era that was. It really was. It was great. A lot of good stuff because of, and you get the Spider-Verse out of yeah. it, which I like. So, you know, sometimes you got to, like they say, you don't, you, if you want to make a mess, you're going to get your, what do they say? And get your feet wet. There's a same, like it, there's uh, there's a phrase that it's I get wrong, egg. but it's like if you if you, it, gonna make an omelet, you're gonna crack some eggs, right? Can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. That's one of them. It's in Batman. 
That's the With one from Tim Batman. Burton, Batman. That's right. That's right. The Joker. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask you one question then back before we leave, but it's it's not it's comic related, but it's not a comic. Yeah. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, Christian Bale or Michael Keaton as Batman? As Batman? Yeah. People are probably wondering why, like, what are you thinking about The Dark Knight? Uh, the... I like the Christian Bale movies. Batman Begins and Dark Knight. I love them. But his Batman starts to annoy me. Is it because of his mouth? It's the it's the talking, yeah. It, it The thing was is... I understood Batman changing his voice. This is like, I always go back to the animated series where you have a voice actor really denoting the change in this character's personality. So when Kevin Conroy would do, he's Bruce Wayne. Oh, hello, Andrea. It's so good to see. And then when he would talk to Alfred, he had, yes, Alfred. He had his, that's really Batman and Bruce in one. He didn't do it first. No, but when he was, when he was, um, did the Batman, he had a little bit of a gruffness when he, he talked. He did, yeah, yeah. He did. But but Kevin Conroy didn't do it first. No, Michael Keaton did, I think. Michael Keaton did, yeah. But hit Michael Keaton's isn't as annoying as no, Christian it's not Bale. As, it's it's no. informs Kevin Conroy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does, totally. So I feel that in that regard, I like Michael Keaton's Batman better. Okay. Because he doesn't do a lot of small talk. Like, he his small talk is small talk. Like, you have to get this to the police. Tell them what I got. Yeah. Like, I like that. And then he... Yeah, that's true. In a weird way, I like the way a Batman... I know it's it's a problem, really. But I liked how he couldn't move his neck, where his whole body approached you. It was kind of intimidating, where he wouldn't yeah. just look at you. He would... What? And it, yeah. as a kid, it, I didn't realize like, oh, his costume doesn't allow you to move your neck. Neither did I. I didn't pay because of the way that he played it. I'm like, that's how Batman moves. So much so that when I would use like the figurine from the movie, I would like, in my mind, imagine him moving with one full like everything he does. All his weight is in it. Like that's uh-huh. Batman, but he does. He could also be very quiet about it. But you never. How'd see you play? Him. How'd you play the Christian Bale figures? No. <laughs> I had the, I had the, <laughs> the figure was when I was in grade one, Dave, but I did have <laughs> I'm the not Christian knocking Bale. having toys, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I did have the Christian Bale Batmobile that was given to me and that I did play with quite a bit. <laughs> Full size. It was pretty big. It was something that someone found at like a secondhand store and they got it because they thought of me, but it was like the jumbo sized sort of toy version of it and lights went on and it shot like, oh, like the guns came out at the top but it was definitely a toy i think right. i still have it somewhere i'm just not sure where that's cool but that's one of the things that stays up in the house is the uh michael keaton batmobile it's nice wife. yeah i got that as a gift for her because she just loves batman but it stays up on the dc shelf the batmobile because it's the coolest looking batmobile yeah the least functional makes no sense but it's so cool it's close to the animated version isn't it yeah the animated version very much was heavily based off like it was totally based off of the success of tim burton's batmans yeah unquestionably 
um, the music, the but it was it was still Elfman, wasn't it? I think that did the theme adapt. I think they definitely adapted it. If not, he did do it for sure. But it was kind of like they took Tim Burton's Batman and just made something better. Yeah, it's, they did. They really. It's the to me. It's like the definitive Batman. You can't get yeah. a better Batman and his villains than that. You just never will. No. So much voice casting perfection as well. Like, and so good that I can't think of, and I'm sure there is, I think, what's her name? Firestar from the New Warriors or Avengers. She's from Spider-Man and his amazing yeah, friends. Yeah, amazing friends, yeah. Right? But she's no Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Like, Harley Quinn is such a pop culture icon now and she came from the animated series as like a secondary in terms of yeah yeah in terms of coming from a cartoon and becoming one of the biggest comic book characters yeah in the world like that comes from batman the animated series and how good of a character and voice casting harley quinn was i still hear that voice that's all i ever hear Mm. it's the only voice in my head like i even read it that way out loud sometimes just because i know how fun it is uh-huh. Right, and when I read the Joker, <laughs> this is kind of why I liked Scott Snyder's Batman run. Um, like I got a soft spot for the death in the family. That bridge scene when the Joker and Batman are facing off. Yeah, I read it with Mark Hamill's voice, and then every now and then I switch it to um, Donald Trump. <laughs> No, I switch it to what's <laughs> Heath Ledger, where it gets a little bit, oh. it gets like kind of sinister and, and I don't know how you would describe Heath, like that junkie, like there's a junkie there, the way they speak, but then you get that operatic sort of flamboyant Mark Hamill version of the clown, the, it's, I don't know. And I, because of those voice acting choices, it makes me sometimes enjoy Batman comics a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and I totally. If that makes sense, because it's so. Yeah, completely. Do you ever? You you must do that when you read Transformers, right? It's it's always it's always Peter Cullen's voice as Optimus Prime. I I don't want as many other characters that have a set voice in my head. Um, It's more of a Batman thing. I I I don't think it's it's I don't think anything else impacted the same way. No. Because like anyone that has a Joker that doesn't have Mark Hamill's voice now doesn't sound like the Joker to me. You know, as much as I like the Heath Ledger, not Heath Ledger, well, I like the Heath Ledger performance, and also the Joaquin Phoenix film. I kind of appreciate that that's that thing over there, but the Joker has Mark Hamill's voice, and actually, like it's it's a voice that basically my kids have got me to do so much that I fall into it sometimes by mistake. It's worrying. <laughs> That's great. I do it a lot. If I could do yeah. that voice well, I would do it so much because my wife would probably laugh so hard at it. But it would be so much fun to do. It's good fun to do. It's I don't know if I do it well. That's the thing. I used to like say to my four-year-old kid, we used to walk into she like she'd go she'd get on my shoulders and she'd be Batgirl and she'd call me Joker. Hmm. And then my second, my second, well, my my youngest kid calls me Jokerfish because there's like there's a little animated set of skits on YouTube, which is the League of Super Pets right. thing. It's very very cartoony, like I was in, yeah, very simple 
animated style. And there's a joke of fish in it. So it's Ace and Robin um, are talking to Joker Fish, who's in the river. He's like set all these crimes up, but he's got that kind of Mark Hamill voice. You have to, and it's been like I've released all these things into the you know Gotham in, in the Gotham Park, and they run off and they come back as you didn't do any of those things basically because <laughs> he's stuck in a river because he's a fish. But um, he's still got that voice. He's still and 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 like I can't not do that. But it's so much fun and the laugh. Last Halloween I dressed as the Joker, yeah. and I was doing it was like the the 60s version. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who played it. Yes, with the little pencil moustache he's freaking right. out. Um, and I, I dressed as him, so it was that version of the costume, but I was doing Mark Howell voice. And I couldn't, I just loved it. I got addicted to it. Can you do it? I can't, well, I would any other time if it was like not 20 to midnight, because it's That's loud right. when I do it. That's I'd right. do it. You're Maybe kidding. if we do one during the day at some point, I'll... Um, your, I'll do it. It'd probably be terrible. Your, <laughs> like, daughters, shit. your daughters will wake up if you do it now and they'll think it's Oh, they'll come down. They'll be too excited. Yeah. Better than Father Christmas, Joker in our house. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, I, I often even say to the, like, the, the comic shop owner that I've been going to for years, I'm like, do your kids realize yet like, like daddy works at the coolest store? Like, How cool would it be if your dad owned a comic shop? That would be awesome. That um, Dax Gordine, who uh, I've I've had the pleasure of having on a couple times, Forest Folk, he uh, his dad owned the warehouse where all the comics were delivered in Canada, and they would go to the distributor from where his dad had them. So he grew up in a warehouse with everything. What? It's like the scene in Indiana Jones. You go to your dad's work, and it's that place with comic books, <laughs> like. What and then a big boulder chases you out of the, the building. No, the scene at the end where they're like in Area Fifty One. Or you know what I'm talking about. You're making fun of me. <laughs> what are you talking about? Actually, Joe, about? I was thinking what I did think you meant was the time when he goes to see his dad and his dad makes him speak Latin. I'd be going and Spider Man first appeared in. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. You know, people get surprised that I know the first appearance of Spider Man. Like it makes me a super nerd. Yeah, I know. It's like everyone knows that. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's the easiest question in the world for anybody who knows any, like a little bit about comics. They're like, man, George Harder, first appearance of Iron Man. Yeah, because that's in that would be in uh, Tales of Suspense. Yeah, yeah. I know it's Tales of Suspense. I just don't know what number. Number eight. I never remember. I do remember that it's thirty-nine, but I, I don't normally remember the number. Yeah, but there's so much because you read it so much. Was he Tales of Suspense or Tales to Astonish? Tales of Suspense. Tales of to Astonish was uh, Submariner, Giant Man, um, Hulk. Eventually, Hulk joined that series. Um, Thor was in Journey into Mystery. That was eighty three. That's right, Journey into Mystery. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, it's just there's some stuff you just know as a comic geek. Yeah, first appearance of Batman. Detective Comics 27. Yeah. You just know it. Yeah. But it's like, if that's your area of speciality, yeah. of course you're going to know it. Yeah. Like, someone, someone says to me once, I can't believe you know all their real names. Well, of course, I've been reading them. If I, if I didn't know that much about them... Yeah, it's just I... like any show that you would watch on TV. You know all the characters and friends. You know all the characters and, you know, whatever show became the, the thing that you're into. Yeah. 
And when you don't remember them, it pisses you off. Because it's like, yeah. I should know this. How do I not know? Oh, duh, that character. Yeah, 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 of course. And then it's like an old friend being reacquainted with an old friend. Yeah. Dave, speaking yes. of old friends, this is always a blast to do. Likewise, man. I look forward to this every time. Yeah, me too. It's it's a blast. And anyone listening, we're just joshing around. All the comics that you like are good. Don't take nothing we say too serious. Oh, from the Hickman ones. Yeah, unless we, like, yeah, unless it's Secret Wars or The Watchmen, which are the worst things in the world ever. And Back to the Future. <laughs> Go outside and burn Immortal Hulk. <laughs> the whole run. You're ridiculous. Well, thank you everybody who's still listening. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and uh, Spotify and all those different things. And be sure to follow the Omniverse Comics Guide. Anywhere else, Dave, you know all the other stuff. Hit them with it. No. <laughs> what is Tumblr? Don't we have Tumblr? <laughs> we've got Tumblr. We've got... Um, so it's Omniverse Comics Guide on Tumblr, on Instagram, on... Um, the thing is, they're kind... They might be a little quieter at the moment, but we're building up to something here, so... Get in know, on the ground floor. Yeah, exactly. Get in on the ground floor... Um, there will we will be back on Twitter. We will be on all these various different things, but just keep an eye out. I know that you know some people are a bit against social media at the moment, but that also won't be a problem. Jump on our Discord if you want to see the updates of the, the podcast episodes, the posts that appear on the current Marvel Comics Guide site, and eventually the new site. They will all be dropped in there, and you'll get the most up to date posts in there and get to interact with other comics fans and also. Sometimes me. Um, why you'd want to do that, I don't know. But um, <laughs> it's an option. It's, always, so, yeah. it's always a blast. I enjoy it. You guys will have fun too. They, and you you are so like uh, generous to other comic book podcasts and, and fan sites and all those type of things. It's always nice to see the conversations that you have with people. It's a good community that you're building. Yeah, there's some really the things that the, the people that, we love talking to most of the people that are passionate about this this medium and, and you know if you really are a comics fan as much as some people like to slate what they you know slate some of the stuff that's out there the comics are awesome so you know you have these conversations with people and you really get into the stuff you love it's it's like nothing else yeah. because actually like you don't always get the chance to talk to other people that are into comics this much so yeah it's good fun it's good fun there's some good people out there doing some great great stuff so always happy to promote what they do that's right thank you everybody for listening we'll be back soon we've got some great interviews coming your way and maybe some coverage from fan expo canada not sure we're gonna try our best but stay tuned for more talk to you soon everybody 